Therapist Responds, Episode 8 Tuning into Our Mind In the previous episode, we ventured towards answering the question, What happens when we begin to feel unsafe in our mind? Our journey took us closer to the desire to outrun our mind. We spoke about distracting ourselves, to help feel safe, and how these distractions ultimately become patterns in our lived experience. We became curious about these patterns and wondered if there could be some way to tune into this unconscious communication with respect towards our limits as we try and look at our own painting of feeling unsafe in our mind. In today's episode, we explore the question How can we tune into the unconscious patterns that can help us move closer to understanding our psychological distress? Or in other words, how do we use these patterns to tune into our mind? It is important at this stage that I foreground what I mean by pattern. Patterns of the mind are simply put repetitions in our lives. How many times have you noticed that a certain kind of event or feeling state repeats itself in your life? It could be similar arguments at your place of work, similar type of conflicts in relationships, an inability to make decisions at crucial moments again and again, or an inability to remember oneself. It could also manifest in feeling states that repeat in your experience, despite you trying to dispel them. For example, feelings of envy, of rage, or a deep sense of sadness, to name a few. Now, some of you, particularly people who study or are interested in psychology, would say that this understanding of pattern is very close to the definition of symptoms. And you're right, there is an overlap. British psychoanalyst Adam Phillips describes symptom in his book, Terrors and Experts, as the sign of a wish to be known. But by disguising it, at once a demand and an invitation. While this sentence has much to offer, today we focus on the first part. A symptom is a wish to be known, to be seen, to be heard, or in other words, a symptom is a communication. Something is being communicated to us, but it is packaged to look and feel like a disturbance or an inconvenience. Some examples of such disturbance could be the chatter in our mind which makes us seemingly overthink and overanalyze. A constant feeling of being too close to a breakdown which could manifest in outbursts of rage, finding yourself unable to finish tasks or assignments that need to be completed, or finding oneself bodily exhausted and unable to move out of bed. We tend to look at these patterns with irritation. We perceive them as obstacles to our daily life and we 
we disrespect our bodies and our internal worlds for causing this disruption what would we hear if we chose to look at these patterns first by recognizing them and then by trying to imagine what these patterns mean for us in our lives how do we learn to recognize these patterns how do we acknowledge them perhaps the answer is in our current perception of the pattern we tend to look at these disturbances in our routine as well to begin with as disturbances and also as one off events even when they recur and what do i mean by routine here i don't just mean to imply the daily rigmarole of your life but routine also represents the imagined or expected response to life experiences let's take an example shall we not being able to get out of bed despite sleeping soundly despite getting physical tests conducted with neutral results despite trying to set up multiple alarms what comes next what do we do next let me remember um oh yeah we call ourselves lazy we become procrastinators people who are not motivated in life people who are not going to go anywhere and from here the critical chatter in the mind begins its daily jog in our internal world so you see when we recognize a pattern what comes to mind before thinking about this pattern is communication is judgment i admit that very often we have heaps of help in this department which doubtless makes the task of tuning into the mind way harder so then the first step of tuning into our mind is to catch ourselves perhaps when we repeatedly call ourselves names judge our circumstances and our responses to them why should you stop doling out judgment on yourself you ask well because judging yourself at a moment when you are in throes of mental distress is just as useful as kicking a puppy it's a cruel example but unfortunately an accurate one two words have stood the test of time in my clinical practice that succinctly embody the kind of judgment that we arrive at especially in these moments instead of being able to tune into our mind these two words are stupid and lazy seemingly harmless words from the english language both stupid and lazy have a similar impact of making us feel smaller and smaller until we refuse to look at any part of us that might be in pain forget about tuning into our mind It is in moments that we find ourselves judging and condemning ourselves that we need to pause and take a step back. Now that we have some lever on how to recognize the patterns in our lived experience, we could try and tune into these patterns and wonder what is being communicated to us through them. What happens if we pause and listen instead and focus on what is being communicated 
when we feel we are unable to get out of bed, for example? What do we see? What do we hear? Well, tiredness, you say? The wish to escape? Or something more? Do we need a special kind of listening to be able to tune into our mind? Stay tuned to the next episode as we continue to explore questions that crave answers. My name is Ashwasthi Tripathi and this is A Therapist Response. Music